Balls are back. Yeah, they had us the first half. I'm not going to lie. Oh, could be Wayne. I think I got my swagger back. Oh, oh. I love it, baby. Them orange britches. Something about them orange britches. Ball hit high in the air in the right field. Going back to Sayre. And Tennessee can say hello with Column. A grand slam in the bottom of the ninth. You can't draw it up any better. We just won a basketball game, and we're very happy right now. I made up my mind, and I don't expect to ever look back. I'm going to stay at the University of Tennessee. Yeah! Ridded it to do and welcome into more important issues. It is Thursday, December 2nd. Um, Caleb is not with us tonight. It's Joe, and me and him did not mean to do this, but we had to support Jawan Jennings' touchdown this weekend um, for the 49ers. So, uh, yeah, all in fun. That's right. Uh, we, got a, we got a lot to talk about tonight. We got uh, Alante declaring for the NFL draft. We'll have thoughts on that. We have um, the stadium renovations are, are starting to take place, so we got some some thoughts and maybe some prayers on that as well. And uh, some recruiting news, got a big weekend for official visitors and stuff like that, so we got plenty of news there. If y'all have any questions, feel free to drop those in the chat. We are also talking about Vols Hoops win over Presbyterian on Tuesday night, and uh, I hope y'all took – my bracelet just broke. Um, I hope y'all took Tennessee's over on points because if you did, that hit. And uh, that's what I did. I don't know if you took anything, Joe, but that's the one thing I took. No, I'm actually – I am I say it like probably twice a week, but I'm retired officially right now from that. <laughs> I had – I took Duke money line and I took it all the way till five minutes and it was to win like 80 bucks and – I could cash out for 75, and I got greedy, and I did what I always do, and I was like, nah, they're up nine with, like, a two minutes left. So, I'm done. I deleted the app, all of it, so. Yeah, that, was, catch me. that was trash. It was awful. Absolute trash. Didn't they not – they didn't score for, like, the last four minutes and 29 seconds, yeah. right? They got outscored by, like, 20 points in the second half. It was ridiculous. But That's correct. Yeah, I took that, too. I, I didn't have 80 bucks on it, but I did have 20, so that sucked. Yeah, it hurt. But, uh – yeah, after that, we'll talk some college football. I'm sure we'll talk some coaching carousel as well. Um, and then our segments. But let's get into this Alante Taylor. Um, apparently he was dealing with an injury, a foot injury, the past couple weeks. Um, stuck it out and, and played through that. And then, you know, he's going to sit out the bowl game and prepare for and get healthy for the senior bowl and the NFL draft. My thoughts originally, I was just like, man, that sucks. Not for him to do that, but it sucks for the team to have one of their leaders that – and I'm sure he'll be a part of it. Um, but, but to not have one of your senior leader – or I guess he's technically a – yeah, he could come – yeah, he is a senior. Yeah, um, he still has one more year, I think. Yeah, he, he could come back and use that COVID year if he wanted to. Um, but, yeah, not having him on the field after having such a good year sucks – but, man, if you got the opportunity to go get paid, I get it. It's not like Tennessee's in the college football playoff. Um, I don't 
you know, it's not like he's quitting on this team. He could have quit a long time ago on this team, on this program, and didn't and stuck it out. So um, props to him on a great season. Um, wish he was playing in the bowl game, but, hey, you you got to do what's best for you, and uh, I'm going to respect his decision. Yeah, like you said, I mean, it's, it's not like a huge bowl game. It's nothing like, obviously, it's not college football playoff or any New Year's Bowl or anything. So, I mean, it's a shame. Like you said, he's been a leader for – you know, he stuck with us when he really didn't have to. There was a lot of moments that he could have done what everybody else did, but he stuck around and stayed a leader on the team. And um, it's a shame that, you know, he doesn't get that last that last bowl game. But like you said, it's probably smart to stick it out and heal up for that senior bowl at the end of January and get get that check. Try to try to get his uh, draft stock up a little bit. Yeah, definitely improve his stock for that senior bowl. That's what a lot of people – I think – I don't think Marquez – I think Juwan ended up getting drafted just because of that senior bowls. So, yeah, when you got a chance to compete like that and really increase your draft stock, you got to do that. So, uh, yeah, props to him again. Um, you know, he was part of Jeremy Pruitt's first recruiting class. So, you know, made it past an entire coaching era at Tennessee. Um, he was actually committed to Butch Jones and then uh, started as a wide receiver, the move to DB and <clears throat> has been a starter for four years at Tennessee. So did, did a fantastic job and has been a great ambassador and leader for this football program for years. So uh, wish him the best and uh, go get paid. Yeah, certainly. Get that check. Um, Jerome Carvin also coming back. I don't think we talked yeah. about it on – was it mentioned on Monday or Sunday night? Um, I, don't, I don't think we talked about it in our show on Monday, but uh, Tennessee could possibly have four – will probably have four of their five starters back on that offensive line. Yeah, that'd be huge. I mean, like we said, we're already, we're already paper thin right now, so as, as much experience and players back that we can get, it's obviously going to be big key for the team instead of bringing in new freshmen and trying to cut down any, on an even more paper thin roster. So as many as we can get back, I will take gladly. Yeah. For sure, and he, he's he's a leader on this team as well. So definitely wanted to get him back. Um, you do have to replace Cade Mays, um, so that's going to be a tough task to do. He's probably going to be an All SEC um, first teamer, but uh, you know if they're able to find somebody that's serviceable at that tackle position, whether it be Jeremiah Crawford, whether it be um, Kron Calbert, if he comes back, Dane Davis, um, or somebody in the portal got to find a way to get somebody to I guess it's you can't match what Cade Mays did I guess this season but at least close to it sorry my sounds all messed up oh you're good you're good so um also, Alante presented uh, Valus Jones with his – you saw the video on Twitter of him presenting Valus Jones with his senior bowl invite. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that they were roommates. I didn't either. Um, and I knew Valus was from Mobile, but I didn't put Mobile – like him going to the senior bowl and that together until they you know brought it up in that video. But that's really cool for him to – you know, for that – being a part of his hometown and for him to go back and uh, get to compete in that and hopefully improve his draft stock as well. Yeah, I think he, Mel Kuyper for ESPN has him at 12th for his position right now, which I know he 
probably like to improve, just especially because that position is not going to be huge in the draft. So, like you said, we'll uh, hometown, we'll hometown a uh, show out for him. Yeah. But, yeah, go for him. And, and what's going to really help Bayless Jones is like his returning ability. Um, you know, it, it's kind of finally clicked where, um, the Falcons finally realized how to use Cordero Patterson, but it, it took a long time for people to actually utilize his skill set. So hopefully, you know, Bayless kind of falls in that same category where he's, you know, can be one of the best punt returners, be the, one of the best kick returners in the league. Um, somebody just has to utilize that skill set. So hopefully he's able to get to a place where they do actually utilize that because dude's electric in the return game. Yeah, I feel like Tennessee is pretty good at having that underrated talent that gets in the draft, and whether they get drafted or they go undrafted, they end up on a team, and like within a year or two, there's some sparks, and you're like, oh, well, I figure out. As of all fans, we knew it was coming, but nobody else, you know. So hopefully he settles into that or, you know, shows out even beforehand. But, you know, let's hope, like you said, Gretel Patterson, he was – Falcons did not know what they were doing, but now he's everywhere. He's insane. So um, same with, you know, Marquez Callaway for the Saints. You know, he first – with their wide receiver depth, he wasn't figured to be a top key at all, and now he's starting every game and has a decent stat. So I'd hope that Bills can do the same thing. And like you said, using him as a returner would be fantastic. Yeah, I saw a tweet from a 49ers fan, and it was like, who is Jawan Jennings and why is he so good? I'm like, dude, have you not been on ball Twitter at all? I know you're in California, but I'm sure we've hit – We've hit that area, too. You haven't seen anything about Juwan Jennings just being an absolute dog. Um, but he found out on on Sunday, so that's all that matters. Yeah, as long as as long as they, they peak eventually. It's coming. Yeah. You just got to wait for it. I, to do what I do every year. I always draft those uh, those vol wide receivers as, like, my last pick or pick them up on the waivers. And it's worked for Camara. Marquez Callaway, not as much, but it's my it's my strategy. There you go. I like that. Got to get the – I guess they're not hometown kids, but they kind of are in a way. Um, speaking of kids and towns, got a lot of kids coming to town this weekend for official visits. Um, Tennessee staff is on the road right now um, going – you know, the contact period is going on right now, so they are going in home with commits, um, recruits that they're high on. So some of those guys is a four-star running back, Justin Williams. Four-star linebacker, Demario Tolan, that's committed to LSU. Uh, Three-star safety, Jordan Thomas, who is trending toward Tennessee. He recently just decommitted from Mississippi State. And four-star wide receiver um, and ECU commit, Caleb Webb. And um, I think we went on went in home with Georgia commit and four-star defensive line, lineman, Tyree West. Um, so that, that's one to kind of keep an eye on as well. But the official visitor list is a big one. And we'll start with a big one who will be there on Saturday. Won't get in until then because he's playing in the state championship tomorrow night against Page for Powell High School. And that's five-star defensive lineman Walter Nolan. Um, then you got four-star wide receiver Caleb Webb, three-star edge Darren Agu, who's committed to Vanderbilt. Three-star linebacker Elijah Herring that's committed to the Vols. Three-star junior college cornerback Desmond Williams. And you got the number one JUCO player in the country, four-star defensive lineman Jeffrey Mba. He's French. Mba. Try that one. 
Try that one. Yeah, that one's gonna be a little tricky. Mbop. Mm-hmm. I, I, when I first saw that, I figured that's how it was, but um. Yeah, Bob Kessling is gonna struggle with that one. Yeah. <laughs> no, for real though, I felt like every time I went on Twitter uh, today, a any some member of the recruiting staff was in somebody's home. Like I just kept seeing new pictures. Like damn, like they're traveling deep, but good for them. We got the early signing period come up in two weeks, so it's good to try to get some things locked in and get back on that recruiting trail with the season coming up to an end. Yeah, I'm sure we're using a ton of gas and um, airplanes right now. Yeah, that private plane that's untracking it up. uh, Right, yeah. Can't track it. Um, And then three-star safety, Jordan Thomas, who I recently just said is decommitted to – from Mississippi State, and then a four-star um, wide receiver, C.J. Smith. He is a Florida commit, so they went in home with him this past week as well. Um, kind of late getting in his recruitment. haven't really heard much about him, so we'll see kind of what happens there. But, uh, yeah, definitely some big-time prospects um, in town this weekend, so we'll see that. We'll follow it. Um, if you follow us on Twitter, we'll um, – have all of that for you guys. And um, that's kind of all I got from re- recruiting. Dan Mullen, did you see this story? Not specifically. Not, I don't know right off the top of my head. So he – some maybe this is why C.J. Smith is wanting to look at other schools. Dan Mullen had somebody – this is a report, so I don't know if this is for sure. Hopefully it is because it's hilarious. He had somebody texting recruits acting as Dan Mullen. So he was just like catfishing. Like, it's kind of creepy, kind of weird. Sounds illegal. I mean, these kids are like R&AT. You can't just act like whoever. It's valid. I mean. That's part of his alley, though. I mean, it seems like something. He's too busy doing weird Dan Mullen stuff. He's like, hey, send a text, little catfish. Yo, it's Dan Mullen. What's going on? Like, I want to be, you know, I want you to come to Florida. It's. So you can kiss my wife on the mouth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the next move is to have pretend it's uh, Megan Mullen using the text. Pretend yeah. it's her too. Yeah. The recruits seem to love her. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to tell Josh Eyeboy needs to do anything like that. I, I, I'm not against that. That's one recruiting pitch that I will not condone. No, we're not about that. Stick to I'll the – yeah, stick to McDonald's bags. That's a yeah. lot better than that. <laughs> um, do we have any questions up? I have some questions that we can kind of get to real quick. If you want to, if you have any yeah. that come through, just let me know. Okay. Yeah, we had a couple on Twitter previously. Uh, first one I have is from Brittany Evans. She says, "Do we know any more on if Hendon Hooker will be coming back?" We haven't heard for sure. I mean, he's going to take his time and, you know, hear from the um, the NFL draft council or, or whatever whatever it is. He's going to hear from those scouts to see kind of where he stands in regards to, to the NFL. But I would be shocked if Hendon Hooker isn't back next year. Yeah, I mean, I don't see why he wouldn't necessarily. His stock isn't – it's – it's not where he could be after another season, especially what he did this year with the you know second year coming in behind him. I don't, I don't see why you wouldn't, unless there's another reason that we just aren't aware of that's making him eager to. But 
if I'm him, I'm coming back knowing pretty confident that, you know, I'm going to be a starter and that basically everyone's behind you hoping that you do well. And you know what? Put on the Heisman show. Let's, let's at least get his name in the running. Yeah, let's play a full season and see what he can do. Exactly. Um, and you got a lot of people coming back. I mentioned four of the five offensive linemen return. Um, Cedric Tillman is number one target, should be back. Um, he's another guy that I would be shocked if he's not back. He's just a – he's a senior, so he has that one COVID year as well. Um, yeah, those two guys I, I feel like should come back. I feel like there's a lot of football ahead of them. And with the NIL, it's not like they can't make any money here. And Hendon Hooker, I mean, he has a ton of opportunities to make a lot of NIL money next season. You know, if he comes back and had the year he did last year, oh, yeah. I mean, all those local, you know, the cookies or whatever. I don't know. I don't even know the moonshine cookies that Alante did car dealerships i mean they're gonna want the starting quarterback and you know he could probably make more money here than he would on a practice squad yeah i mean i didn't even think about that just with how new it is but i that's another factor is to just see like your right starting quarterback especially in oxo like with everybody piling on to like how obviously like big football is i get it if you're at just some school that you're not you know entirely sure but yeah you're right those nil deals you have a decent chance if you do it right with your agents and getting good contracts you can make probably more money than you would where he's at right now i'd say with his with his draft stock and where he might end up i mean who knows what would happen with that right yeah i I mean when we're talking about money i guess it's hard to try to make a decision for a kid but uh man i'd come back that's just me maybe i'm just a homer but i'd come back i would too um, Tim Smith also said, "Why aren't they working on the east?" Or th- this is a this is actually a renovation question. So we'll get to that in a second. Um, we have Dub himself says, "Who would y'all rather see win this weekend, Georgia or Bama?" Man, I want to say Bama just for the fun of chaos. We've said it; chaos is awesome. And yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I like that. Stir it up, but at the same time, yeah. I mean, I would. You know, I did line six and a half, and can they both lose? Is that possible? What's that? Can they both lose? Is that possible? Uh, yeah, exactly. Technically, the question is <laughs> like, I would love if they both lost and just stirred it up even more, but right. I mean, I guess I'd have to say I'd like to see Georgia lose just for chaos. Why not? Tennessee's not in it, so why not just stir it up as much as possible, make it as entertaining? The bad thing is, is if Georgia loses, they're both going to get in. That's the annoying the part. That's the SEC bias that that we're uh, we'll hear yeah. about for the whole week. Hey, hopefully one day it it, it helps us out. Hopefully, hey, hopefully once we expand <laughs> and get that. Uh, yeah, when Hendon Hooker comes back next year, I mean, Natty. Yeah, easy. Heisman, Natty, SEC championship, everything. We're going on a full run. We should, we should, we should. Um, I don't know why, but I screenshotted a picture of. Um, South Carolina's statue of the million-dollar cock that they have outside of their stadium. Screenshot. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why I have it. I think somebody said something about like it was about the Mark Stoops thing about him getting a statue, and everybody's like, 
somebody was like, why is everybody so mad about that? No one knows the statues of like South Carolina and all this. So I took a picture of that and I was like, actually, this is what South Carolina wanted to put in front of their stadium. So I'd rather have Mark Stoops too, even though he's got a weird haircut. Um, I would rather have that than million dollar cock outside of my stadium. Right. Yeah. I feel like maybe check yourself before we start talking about that. Cause there's, there's a baseline there. If you're starting at million dollar cock, I, Mark Stoops is going to be an automatic upgrade. <laughs> yeah. He's a, uh, $100,000 cock. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, also, Rocky Dennison said, uh, can someone tell me if Brandon Turnage is healthy? We need someone who's experienced to replace Alante in the bowl game. Um, well, Brandon Turnage, I think, is healthy for the most part, but he's also behind Danico Slaughter in at that Nickelback nickelback position so i don't think he's worked much at corner i think we'll see warren burrell and kamal hatton um as your starting cornerbacks brandon turner just seems to be behind you know when he played in that game against missouri theo was out and then nico slaughter was out and that's why he was in the game he had a really good game and i think you know he, he's got a bright future ahead of him but it seems like right now Danico slaughter is the backup behind Theo Jackson, not Brandon Turnage. And Brandon Turnage hasn't really worked much at corner, from what I understand. Yeah, I don't I don't see why they make any change in what they've already been doing in terms of replacing Alante. Obviously, they don't have him acceptable, but whoever those two backups would be in a normal situation if he was injured for any regular season game, I don't see why you try anything different. I would just stick with whatever the next two on the, the depth chart would be. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, maybe he gets a run at corner. I, I wouldn't hate that. Um, I don't necessarily think Warren Burrell's had a fantastic year. Um, it just seems like the last couple of games he's gotten picked on. You know, got picked on against South Alabama, got picked on against Vanderbilt. Um, so I wouldn't mind seeing somebody else get some reps, whether that be Kenneth George Jr., whether that be um, – man, I, who are our cornerbacks? Kamal Hat. I like that's <laughs> – I mean, that might be it. Yeah. Like I said, paper thin. Yeah. Man, that is paper thin. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see if any more, like, young guys get some run in the bowl game. That's what I'm interested to see is, uh, will Christian Charles be healthy? Will he end up, you know, trying to take one of those spots from Jalen McCullough or Theo, or not Theo, um, Trayvon Flowers. I was yeah, shocked I mean, that Trayvon Flowers went through the senior day thing because he can come back. Yeah, I haven't I haven't heard much on that, but I know that like like um, Hennon Hooker stayed out of it, didn't he? Yeah, he he did not yeah, go through. I mean, it's not like he wasn't. I mean, he knew that if he wasn't. I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe it was just one of those. If he didn't wasn't, it was still up in the air. He might as well do it just to like just in case. But yeah. And I'm – did he graduate early at Virginia Tech? Like, has he already gone through this, through, like, senior day before? I, I don't, I'm not sure on that. Um, I don't know. Because he was – I wouldn't imagine. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I know Joe Milton was a grad transfer. He graduated right. early. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Um, it's been a weird time. It's – 
you know, we're not worrying about a game. We're just, you know, about to watch the SEC championship and championship week. And then, you know, everybody who's going into this transfer portal, you know, all Tennessee fans are, are liking all the tweets, you know, seeing like, oh, do we have any chances with this guy? I mean, every single person ain't coming to Tennessee. Talking that right now. Um, but it's fun to talk about. And a lot of those guys, Tennessee fans know from the recruiting process. You know, Adrian Martinez was committed to Tennessee. Um, Chris Bogle at Florida went to the transfer portal. He's a familiar face that, you know, he had Tennessee's hat on the on the table when he picked Florida. So, yes, it's, it's fun to talk about. But uh, I don't – you know, J- Jameer Gibbs is the only person I'm just like, please, God, go get that man. And I think we might be screwed a little bit because Jeremy Pruitt and Jim Chaney thought he would be better at defensive back than he would running back. Yeah, I mean, I think Vols fans out of anybody have learned that, like like we said, until like basically the first they're, they're fully signed on campus for normal recruits, we can't guarantee it. So Vol Twitter will talk and talk and talk all those kids up in as much hopes that you never know. And yeah. hopefully we can steal them last second, get a decommit or somewhere in the transfer portal. And I mean, you'll see it anytime, even like a thread of like three people deep on a commit doing like the two eyes emoji, you go to their mentions and it's like all ball fans with the gifts and like, see you at orange, like all orange emojis. I mean, like that's part of what, you know, our fans are crazy. Yeah. People yeah are- I mean, you're, you're definitely not going to get any more love than you would with this fan base. I'll tell you that right now. Exactly. Um, so we'll see. I mean, Tennessee had, they do have some momentum with recruits right now. Um, it it was a long time before, I think it was like over a hundred days until we got Joshua Josephs. I think, um, Charles Nimrod. And it was like a hundred days until we got Joshua Josephs. So kind of had a dry spell right there with recruiting. Um, didn't lose really anybody. Vincent Sneed, I guess. Um, but didn't really lose anybody big. You just kind of just didn't get anybody. And I think a lot of those recruits were kind of wait and see what this team looks like. And Tennessee had a good year. I mean, Josh Heupel was the winningest power five first year head coach. And, um, you know, going to a bowl game, dealing with, you know, he had the one of the toughest schedules in the country, losing 20 players in the transfer portal. I mean, that's, when you say it like that, I mean, I know Kirby Smart's going to win SEC Coach of the Year, but Josh Heupel should be in the conversation. Yeah, that stat actually kind of surprised me a little bit because I just feel like, I mean, I, I can't name every every coach, but seven wins. I mean, eight would have been a different story. Do we, is he tied? Is he tied for the most, or is that the outright number? Or I that just stat just stopped me for a second. I was like, okay, seven wins. It's I, the most. Of- I think it is the most. Because I mean. Oh, how many does Auburn have? Auburn has six. South Carolina has six. Um, Now that's SEC. I'm not sure on what. Yeah, I just I feel like everybody else looks like. But yeah, it's tied for first if it's not outright first. Um, Yeah, really good year. I mean, I know Walter Nolan's committed to Texas A&M, but after they beat Alabama, what the hell have they done? How do they have a top four recruiting class? I mean, this team was picked to win the – they were picked to beat Alabama and win the West. 
they had to, they had to win. All they had to do was win out, and they just kind of crapped the bed. They, they're not a good football team. Yeah, um, I don't surprise me a little bit. And two years ago, like that, I guess no, last year they were like fifth in the country. They were, you know, people talked about they should make the college football playoff and not. I forget who the fourth team was. It doesn't really matter because they didn't win, but um, maybe it was Oklahoma. I don't know. But, um, yeah, a lot of people thought they should be in it, and for them to kind of craft the bed that the way that, that they do with paying Jimbo Fisher that amount of money and having all those recruits, having a top five recruiting class coming in, what did they – What did they, they didn't impress me at all. Besides the win over Alabama, I mean, they're not going to win a national championship with Zach Calzada. I know Haynes King will come back from injury, but I don't know if he can win one either in the West. No, I mean, it's definitely not the performance level you would expect to have Walter Nolan jumping on them right away. But Yeah, NCAA, what are we doing? I don't know. Isn't that always the question, though? I mean, we were freaking – we were like the top recruiting – we had the top recruiting class like two summers ago. And yep. then it came out that we were cheating. So, <laughs> Right. I oh, that, mean, was, that was like prime time. Oh, man, I remember that middle of COVID when we were just yanking recruits out of every corner of the country. Just yep. five-star after five-star. That was fantastic. It was a good run while we had it. and then Yeah, it was fun. It gave us a lot of content to talk about during the offseason. Yeah. But – uh and we're seeing a lot of those names come back up. Terrence Lewis is back in the the portal. Yeah, saw that. Um, God, there's more. I forget who else. I mean, Jameer Gibbs. You know, we were in the running for him too, and then we told him to play freaking cornerback because Jeremy Pruitt couldn't recruit a dang DB to save his life, so he had to get an athlete or a guy that played receiver and quarterback and turn them into DBs. Um, luckily, Elante Taylor and Bryce Thompson ended up being pretty good, but damn. There's a reason why those guys aren't coaching right now. Right. Or I guess Jeremy Pruitt's coaching. He's an analyst. He's an intern. Uh, got any more questions? Uh, nothing I see. Texas A&M lost to LSU. That's bad. Yeah. Hey, Coach O's on his uh, his um, his way out the right way, though. I'll tell you that. And you know what? I should have hammered it because you were right. Uh, teams right after they fire a coach are guaranteed Florida. I was watching that Florida FSU game the whole game. I'm just like, damn, dude. Like I knew yeah. it. That line was just not accurate. Yeah, that was. I'm trying to see who all they who all Texas A&M has lost to. They lost to Ole Miss. They lost to LSU. They lost to Arkansas. Ole Miss is that it? I don't know. Like they're just not impressive. I'm just like if you're going to be pay your coach that amount, have all these five-star prospects lined up to go to your program, wouldn't you expect to have a better season than – especially after you beat you beat the hardest team that you had on your schedule and then just crap the bed after that. 
Yeah. Well, then. Sorry, yeah, I'm getting on a Texas A&M there, There's my there's my pitch to Walter Nolan. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if he's listening, they're trash, overrated. Yeah. So. <laughs> Good luck tomorrow night against Page. Um. Hopefully, Powell can get a win. I don't know if I know if they've been. I don't think they've won a state championship. I think they've been twice, but I don't think they've actually won it. So, oh, they lost to Mississippi State too. Yeah, that was they right lost to the four teams game. in the West. They're fourth in the West right now, and they beat yeah. Alabama. That's terrible. Yeah, it's so bad. I don't see. Well, I guess. So. And if we played a cupcake non-conference schedule, we'd be eight and four too. Yeah, we should be with the pit loss anyway. I'm still pissed about that, but whatever. Yeah. Yep. Um, let's get in Neyland renovations real quick. So yeah. my thought on on this is like, you hate to see kind of that stuff go. A, a lot of memories, a lot of stuff, but dude, Neyland Stadium needed an upgrade in the worst way. Oh, major. Yeah. Um, and this is going to make it look better. I know people love the 102, 455 um, that it can hold. But, dude, like, how many times we fill that up this year? Twice? Maybe? I know once. Oh, Ole Miss. I don't – we might have been close against Georgia. But that stadium, it just doesn't fill up anymore. It's just hard to get people to go to the game with the comfort in their home with 4K TVs and – you know, it's you know, I know COVID probably had something to do with that too. People would just rather, you know, they watched all year from their house, so it's just an easier thing to do. Um, it's not an all day event like it is if you go to the game. So I get it. And then you you mix that with ticket prices and concession stale sales and parking. I mean, that adds up. Um so I mean it, it just needed an upgrade and you know, lower the seat count if, you know, the rich people want to go in there in the club seats and, you know, the bar area and and spend a whole bunch of money to make the season ticket prices a little bit lower. I'm cool with that. Let's feel – I mean, it's going to be la- – if there's 80,000, 85,000 people in there, it's going to be plenty loud. I mean, like you said earlier, Tennessee fans are crazy. So it's going to be electric in there no matter if there's 50,000 people in there but i'd rather right. there be fifty thousand and it'd be full than it hold a hundred thousand and we have seventy five thousand people in there and you got all these seats up at top that are empty that that just doesn't look good right i mean i realistically take 80 90 000 people that are the you know like nix out the 10 20 000 that you know the ones that we would lose anyway probably aren't the ones going crazy crazy like i'll take 70,000 screaming at the top of their lungs sold out every game before I'll take, you know, the largest number, you know, 102, 455, like you said. And uh, you're right. Like they yeah. just – other teams and other stadiums are getting renovations. And I love New England, don't get me wrong, but I would – some much-needed renovations, so. Yeah. Do you have those renovations available? Yeah. Do you have some yeah, pictures so of those? What there's, that's the, uh, there's the the main point, the um, – whatever that would be, the mezzanine bar, which I know is going to be the location of some fantastic drunk fights. All oh, 100%. And I'm right up there. It's going to be electric. I can't wait. Yeah. So there's going to be that new uh, that new screen on the opposite end 
with like you can tell that that mezzanine level in the bar and then the new uh exclusive seat backs on that 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 straightaway side opposite of the student section which is like what i used to refer to everything but um <laughs> so i mean you know I'm, it'll be yeah nice. it's, it's gonna look good i you know the stadium's in an eyesore i mean I, I know we like the tradition if they want to give away some of that stuff i'll gladly take a seat or something yeah. you know whatever piece of um the building just for you know memories i guess but tennis it needed an upgrade i mean if our whole thing is recruiting the way that it is you know you go up to the stadium you're like this thing is big but this thing looks gross yeah if i'm if i'm torn recruits around i'm gonna avoid that whole g10 side just down towards the bottom where some of those entrances are because it's just it's just worn down and it, feel, it feels like you're in the basement of like an old building and not like whereas if you're coming down the straightaway there and you just see Neyland Stadium right on the front it's gorgeous but then you're right you get around some other parts and you're like damn yeah it's like man, up, can we but... get a pressure washer I mean holy crap <laughs> yeah I mean it's like the <laughs> foundational buildings from damn 1800s yeah um got the body farm underneath it too right yeah <laughs> um Oh, and then we we did have a question about the renovations. Um, Tim Smith says, "Why aren't they working on the east side concourses? That's the part of the stadium that has needed renovations for years. They made the west side look great, but it bottlenecks around the north and south ends." Um, I mean, this is just the plans that they want to do. I mean, I, I'm that's probably in the works as well. Is, is to you know make that east side look a lot better but hey i don't yeah, know i don't i, I, don't, I don't have it, a good answer for that i'm sure they're in the plans but right now where they are they're gonna look at it and say okay well we could fix the outside and that is appealing for the fans we have now but what's going to draw in more fans and more money because yeah know. it's like the concourses they're not great but you know you want to make that you want to put people in seats and put people in seats is the inside of the stadium, not the concourse. Right. right. So, yeah, it's going to, it's going to be interesting to see what it looks like. Um, you know, I was one of the select few that didn't have to move seats. I know some people did and, you know, I hate that, but I mean, it was just part of it. Like it had to be done. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we're just going to wait till Neon Stadium just, like, disintegrates and just falls apart until we start, like, working on it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if I – at least in my position, if I was a ticket holder, I'd be, I would I would be willing to take a moved seat for the betterment of a little visual and – Yeah, give your all for Tennessee, baby. Yeah. If you're going to get behind us, don't be selfish. Slap, slap that sign. Damn straight. Um, but I get it. I mean, some of those people have been in those seats for 30-some years. So, you know, I, I do hate that. I've only been in mine for five or six. I mean, I've had seats before. Then we sold ours, and then we got more when I got out of college. So, but, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely feel your pain. You know, I, I wouldn't want to give up my seats. It's like if somebody – if I see somebody sitting in my seat, like that makes me fuming mad. Yeah. So no, there's definitely some emotional stuff there. 
Yeah. Blood, sweat, and tears, baby. Yeah, I like what you said about drunk fights. There's going to be a lot right there. Dude, it's going to be fantastic. I can't wait to see it actually finished and just those like little those little uh, standing tables and stuff. I just I can picture it right now. Yeah, somebody's awesome. getting choke slam on one of those. Yeah. <laughs> um. What else? We oh hoops. Yes, sir. The blue hose took it yeah. to. I mean, they're we're down what ten to eight at one point, and we went on a fifteen zero run in the first half, and just didn't look back from there. We lit it up from three. We were fourteen of twenty seven um, on twenty six assists. So we, I mean, we just took care of business. What was the yeah. line twenty four? We won by forty two. Yeah, it's it's good. I feel a little bit better confidence knowing that like when Olivia Kamwa and Fulkerson slack. You know, we pick it up on the other side. Victor Bailey ends up scoring a little bit more. So, like, we have some depth there. The roster goes pretty deep. So, it gives me confidence, you know, mm-hmm. when we're going into March and going into the uh, SEC tournament that it's not one of those if you have an off game, we're screwed. Like, which worried me with Villanova a little bit. I felt like our depth was, like, yeah. what should be there versus how it should. But I, I'll write that off as an off game right now. Granted, it was Presbyterian. I mean, I was supposed to go to the game, actually, and I forgot completely that I had to pick my brother up in the airport. So, that text uh-huh. came through, and I was like, Change plans. I was like literally all ready to go and everything, but you know what? It's fine. We got, we got Colorado. Family comes up. first. Right. He has me one, but. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm kind of. I worry. What is this team? Because it, it, I saw it a little bit against Presbyterian when Kenny Chandler is not on the floor, there is a big drop off. It seems like to me. Yeah. Um, and I know he's probably our best player, and I know we're going to rely on him uh, to carry us. And I just think that's really dangerous to have a true fre- or true freshman, you know, kind of carry your team. I mean, that's what Jaden's – I know Kenny Chandler is a lot different than Jaden Springer and Keon Johnson in terms of, you know, he's able to get to the rim and, and find his own shot and get people involved. But I, I thought we were a little too – reliant on Jaden Springer and Keon Johnson last year. And that's what was our downfall. Um, you know, it just looked like no one else besides Viscovi could, sh- could find their own shot. Right. That's, that's, that's the thing you don't want to slip into being in that weird phase right now, or like we're going to have some one and dones, especially building traction on recruiting. And the better we play, obviously just the more likely are that you're going to get some, really high-class freshmen in there that are going to be one and done. Um, and you hope that you can build on players that you know will stick around for a little while. And that's really where I would – I mean, obviously, I want to see Kenny Chandler do fantastic, but it's really the players that I expect to be here a little longer that I want to see develop and, like, build some depth. Because, again, like you said, Kenny Chandler has this presence with him that, like, when he's when he's moving, he's quick energy, and I feel like it just feels very fluent and, like, mm-hmm. solid. And then when he comes off, it's – not really let's there's like a gap there like in leadership where it's like okay like it doesn't feel as high paced it feels like there might be a little bit of uncertainty so like just building a little bit of better key elements for those people that we know stick around a little longer would make me feel a lot more confident yeah and john fulgerson i wonder what kind of playing shape he's in um it, it doesn't seem like the same john fulgerson that we've you know been accustomed to you know 
before last year. I know last year was just a weird year in general. Um, he he only had four points, but he did have five rebounds, four assists, um, and twenty four minutes of play. I just like I just need more from him and and Olivier. I just need more. You know, if this team really wants to compete for a national championship, they're going to have to step up. Um, another thing, I, I think Brandon Hudley Hatfield has to play more minutes than Urosh. Okay, like it's Urosh doesn't give yeah, us much. Of I agree with that, one thousand percent. And maybe it goes into that trust factor, but hey, we need to be on him every single day. So we're able to – I mean, trust him against Presbyterian. I mean, okay, we, we won by 42 points. Uro shouldn't play more minutes than Branley Hunley Hatfield ever, um, especially in a game where you can – you know, he's a true freshman. This is a game where he can go and probably dominate and, and be just fine. Get him more minutes. Get him more reps. Yeah, I agree 100%, especially like you're saying. Right now where our schedules – we got a hard schedule this year. we got some teams that – Definitely are going to like be a little more testy. I'd say, especially against teams against like Presbyterian. Let's let's see. Only Hatfield, like I mean, I know Burroughs only had one extra minute over him, but I I would way rather see Only Hatfield on the floor more than Burroughs because you're right, Burroughs was in for 15 minutes and I don't think he had any points. I think he had a couple rebounds and assists, but for 15 minutes of play, I would I would rather see Only Hatfield on the floor. And, get him used to. Yeah, I mean, Urosh had four rebounds. Quentin Dabunji played six minutes and had three rebounds. So, I mean, right. it just he doesn't give me enough to think he deserves more playing time or as much playing, even close to the amount of playing time Brantley Hunley Hatfield should. Um, another guy, I know Victor Bailey Jr. played well uh, the other night against Presbyterian, was four for four for eight from three. Um, four for eight from the field with 14 points, but Justin Powell. Pow, pow. Dog. He so, needs to play more. And if Josiah yeah. is not if, – if he's not healthy, Justin Powell should be a starter. I'm sorry. He should. Yeah. No, I completely agree. Five for five oh. from, from three, 15 points, three assists, three rebounds. I mean, he just impacts the game, it seems like, a lot more than – Victor Bailey Jr. I know Victor Bailey Jr. played well, the best game he's played so far this season. Um, but still, one assist, no rebounds, no steals. I mean, you got to give me something else besides just shooting threes. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's when Powell's out there again, it's one of those like high tempo, you feel confident. I mean, if he's going five or six from three after the second one's made, you start getting pretty confident. You're like, okay, well. Yes, you take threes. It's the games that, you know, Viscovi will be like one for four already, and he, we just keep putting up threes and keep putting up threes because we refuse to, you know, try to get in the paint. But when we can keep nailing those threes down, and like when Chandler's making them and Bailey's making them, that's the thing is like we at least have depth in that in that regard. Um, because it feels like Powell and Bailey, if he's having a good night, and Kane Chandler and Viscovi, obviously, like all those guys can if they're dialed in can nail some threes, but if they're not, it is so frustrating to just watch us keep putting up the same shots that just aren't falling. Yeah, I mean, there's not many teams that's going to beat Tennessee with the talent that they have and with the shooting ability they have unless we have a bad night from three. If we, I mean, live by the three, die by the three. Bruce Pearl does it. Alabama does it. Um, I mean, that's just, it just seems like that's part of the game now. 
But Tennessee's got a lot of shooters. I mean, Ziegler was two for three. I mentioned we went 14 for 27. We shot over almost 52% from the from three. So if you're shooting like that, not a lot of teams are, are going to beat you now. Can you do that against a quality opponent? I know you did against North Carolina, but you didn't against Villanova, and you paid for it. Right, which scares me a little bit because if you can – I mean, I know it's Presbyterian, like you said, but if you can shoot over 50% from the three against any any team, I mean, you can still get up those quality shots. I mean, even if you're playing like a really more solid defensive team, you're still going to be able to get a good amount of looks from three, I feel like, uh, at least in as opposing of like, you know, trying to drive in. And so mm-hmm. at that point, I feel like you really do have a good chance of beating a lot of those teams because if you put it's consistency, if you can't consistently do that and we're going to keep putting up shots and end up around 20%, uh, that's not, it's not going to work. We saw that against Philadelphia, too. which was, that was, not a good look. Yeah. Um, Tennessee is back in action Saturday at 2 o'clock um, against Colorado. Is that at home? Uh, no, I thought it was – It's Colorado is credited with the home game, but it's not neutral side, is it? It's at Colorado, I think. Or, yeah. I know it's not a home game. Okay. It's at Colorado. Okay. I wasn't – I couldn't remember if it was a neutral side or if it yeah, was at Colorado. Yeah, it's at Colorado. I guess they played here last year. I don't I don't really remember that, but you know, that seems yeah. like a freaking decade ago. That does. Yeah, I, I saw um, that today because I, I remember playing them and I just looked back and I couldn't I felt I could have sworn Schofield was on the team when we played Colorado last, so that's just <laughs> yeah. um but Colorado's six and two. They're fourth in the Pac twelve. They've lost to Southern Illinois and number five UCLA by twelve. Um, who they they beat Stanford. They beat Brown. Yeah, they, they haven't really beaten a ton of quality opponents. But uh, th- this is some. I mean, this is a better opponent than Presbyterians. Tennessee's got to get ready. And who do we have after Colorado? Is it Texas Tech? Uh, yeah, yeah Texas, yeah, Tech. Texas Tech. That, that's yep. That's a neutral side, I'm pretty sure. Yes, that's a Madison Square Garden. Okay. And then, okay. then we go on a, another couple stretches. But then later down, we got Memphis, Arizona, and Alabama back to back to back. So, And all three of those are ranked as of yeah. now. So get get these tester games that, you know, it's not Presbyterian, but it's not. We need to go beat the crap out of Memphis. They suck. I hate them, Memphis, with a passion. It were, I mean, that game's going to be a little – more worrisome when we get to it just because it's at Memphis. Oh, well, actually, it's Nashville. But some of all these damn neutral site games. I mean, we're not playing a lot of – I think Arizona's at home. Yeah, yeah we I don't have a ton of big home games this year. Yeah, that's why I looked at that before. And obviously, the Arizona game's three days before Christmas, so you know, I, I won't be here. But that's what I was looking at this before the season. I was a little disappointed that there weren't – Insane amount out of the teams that we're playing in the games that we have, not a lot of them are home games. So it's a little yeah. there, but it's all right. Yep. So Tennessee will be back in action on Saturday, two o'clock. Weird start time, but um, check that out against Colorado. And uh, let's get some college football championship week. Yes, sir. 
We got Friday. You got Oregon and Utah. Let's just pick these games real quick. Oregon and Utah. Who you got? That's it. Uh, Oregon. Oregon covers a spread. Oh, two and a half. But, but I don't know about money line. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Utah. They destroyed Oregon. And I look for them to do kind of the same thing they did. I don't know if they beat them that bad, but it seemed like they got a good game plan. So I know it's hard to beat a team twice, but uh, Utah wants that Pac-12 crown. That's I'm fair. going the Utes. Um, then Saturday at noon, you got Baylor, Oklahoma State. This has playoff implications. Yes, I watched that Oklahoma Oklahoma State game. That was I. The only thing that worries me is Oklahoma State capitalized more on Oklahoma's faults than they just beat them outright, um, which scares me a little bit with a five five and a half line. But I feel like Oklahoma State played a little too well, so I'd give them that one. You're gonna take Oklahoma State? Yeah, I'll take Oklahoma State too. I don't like five and a half. I'm not touching that. No, I wouldn't. Um, That's why I was. It's a little scary. But uh, I do like, I do like their quarterback Sanders. Um, I thought he played phenomenal against Oklahoma. Um, yeah. It'll be it'll be cool to. I don't really like I don't like Mike Gundy at all. But uh, I would like to see Oklahoma just make things interesting by getting in the playoff. Yeah, I feel bad. I wish he had the mullet still, but whatever. Yeah, it's fine. Um, then you got Utah State and San Diego State. Brady Hope, baby, going for the Mountain West Championship in all caps. Uh, yeah. What's the what's the spread on that one? It's six six six. Yeah. Ah, uh, again, San Diego State probably wins, but I wouldn't touch that line. But I'm retired from yeah. betting, so it doesn't matter. But if I wasn't, I wouldn't <laughs> touch it anyway because that's just a big number that scares me. Yeah. You'll be back for the college football playoff or bowl season. Oh, I will. I'm sure I'll end up on <laughs> the Georgia-Bama game before I know it on Saturday. So. <laughs> um, I want to go San Diego State, too. Brady Hogue gets it done. Um, I'm surprised he's not in the running for some of these coaching jobs. Yeah. Um, then you got Appalachian State, Louisiana. Raging Cajuns for the Sun Belt. State's I'd say it's minus three. I would I would take Louisiana to cover that and and outright. Why not? And they just their coach is gone. They didn't right. fire him though, so is that different? Maybe he's going to Florida. I I feel like the still the same principle still applies. Lose okay. your coach unless it's some sort of like awful interim situation. But other I'm gonna ride that that notion that teams okay. that the following week. I'll take Louisiana. Man. I bet on App State a lot this year. I'm going to roll with App State and Chase Bryce. Um, ooh, it's at Louisiana. That's a right. that's different. Yeah, that's why. I mean, underdogs by three points at home. I mean, come that on. That never usually works out. It feels like. Especially in basketball. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go I'm, – I'm, I'm sticking App State. I'm going with my gut, App State. Okay. I'm also we not – got the big one. On App State, so. The big one, Georgia-Alabama. 
that one's that's gonna be a fantastic game. That line is such a trap. It's not even funny. I know. Well, because in my mind, after watching Alabama barely beat Auburn last week, which was such a good game to watch, um, I'm like Georgia by a thousand. But it's a trap game. I'm. I wouldn't touch it. I would watch it and enjoy it. And it's it's saving. Maybe bet the under. That's probably all. I know I he lost a freaking crab game to Jimbo Fisher, but he does not lose to assistants. Is he going to lose the two in the same year? No way. But uh, that's different. Maybe. But the maybe thing is, sheer downfall. The thing is, is if Georgia loses this game, they're still in it. They're going to have to. They'll probably play again. Yeah. For the title. So I mean, you're gonna Alabama. I don't think Alabama beats Georgia twice. I'd be shocked. No, no chance. Um, even if Georgia were to slip up in that game again, if we would assume that they would both get in, and Georgia would probably take that second game. Um, I want. So I guess Georgia winning would not mean as much chaos for the playoff, but at least change it up a little bit because now you got teams from behind like Oklahoma State and stuff that you're saying, oh, Alabama literally went to fourth overtime against an Auburn team that's unranked. If like, Alabama wins this game, I don't think Cincinnati gets in the playoff. So you would say, who would you say it is? So it's still Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, Michigan and, and Oklahoma State. So you put Oklahoma State in. Okay. I like that. They got to get in, right? If they win, they got to get in. Over Oklahoma Cincinnati. State? Yeah, it's a power five conference champion. Yeah. You only have one loss. You got to get in. Yeah, I mean, seeing how they now, if, kind of if Oklahoma theory. State loses, does Notre Dame get a shot? Not without Brian Kelly. I don't think that they would. I just do you really put in a team to the playoffs that just lost their? I mean, technically, it's probably like a good story, but I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Notre Dame shot themselves in the foot by not having a conference. Yeah, that's, I mean they're do- that's they're done. That. They have nothing else to really showcase. That's all they got. Right. Right. Um, next one, again, college football playoff implications: Houston and Cincinnati for the American. Cincinnati is going to have to win that game because if they don't, again, that's pretty big. I mean, if Houston wins that, that's going to shake up everything again. That's going to put Oklahoma State in. I don't know. The college football playoff could be insane. I'm not. I'm not doing ten and a half. No, I wouldn't even. T- uh, I wouldn't even touch it if it was six and a half. Yeah, I might. I might do Houston to cover, but I'm. I'm probably going Cincinnati to win. Yeah, but Houston's a pretty good football team. This could be one of your uh, super teasers. You can get the Cincinnati. Ooh, yeah, the twenty-three points. State. App State. Dude, I've been yeah. I've been screwed on that so many times. I need to stop doing it. It sounds like a good deal until like the one game that like nothing goes yeah, right away. Screws you. Screws everything up. Yeah. But yeah, I would go um, Cincinnati. Okay. And then Michigan, Iowa, for the Big Ten. Michigan's gonna destroy them. Yeah. Iowa's not. Iowa's football. not good. They're not. They should have got beaten by Nebraska. Nebraska just freaking been over and took it. In the last yeah. quarter, they got outscored about 19 points. They had a blocked punt. I mean, it was ugh. 
Hassan Haskin had five touchdowns against Ohio State last week. I was gonna eleven points. I'm not touching that. But uh, no. yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go Michigan. Okay, I like that. Yeah, you eleven points is way. Even though I yeah Iowa stinks, but at relatively here. I mean, obviously. Um, but eleven points are thirteenth away. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's that's shocking. But yeah, Michigan's got to win this game with some degree of confidence. And if not, chaos. So chaos, baby. Um, ACC championship at eight o'clock on ABC. Pittsburgh, Wake Forest. That is going to be fun. Well, Kenny Pickett, little Heisman showcase. Um, Who do you think wins the Heisman? It's Bryce Young, right? I thought that, but I looked at the rankings and the numbers are like way favoring Kenny Pickett. Which Kenny Pickett to uh, win it? Yeah, which I, it had that had to be out of like a fan poll or something because it had like I don't know. I just looked at that. And I remember I like did a double take and then kept swiping, but I was just like, I'll look at that later, but. And I don't know if it's because of Alabama, especially last week against Auburn, that they looked not too sure of what they were doing and a little testy. But I was thinking Bryce Young, like that was his moment in the Iron Bowl was to drive down the field and take it in overtime and, and win it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know where I saw it. was on Twitter, which I shouldn't get any. Um, but this game, Pittsburgh, Wake Forest, I'm going Pitt. Wake Forest doesn't have a defense, so I'm, I'm going yeah. Pitt. Pitt's just – they look too good this year. It's not home, which would worry me a little bit, but Wake Forest isn't really one of those teams that I'd be like, oh, their home presence is going to really alter this game. It's, it's Wake Forest. So the odds like right now is Bryce Young minus two tw- – uh, 220. CJ Stroud plus 450. Matt Corral plus 2000. Kenny Pickett plus 2000. Adrian Hutchinson plus 2000. Okay. I don't know what I, I must have seen some sort of special thing because that, that, that's why I was confused because I was like, okay, well, there's two people. And I thought maybe just this was like based off this week's performance because, you know, so CJ Stroud for Ohio State lost and then uh, Bryce Young. Obviously, Alabama looked to struggle against Auburn, but um, but I don't know. So, I mean, yeah, I guess you're right. I feel like Bryce Young's probably got to run away with that. CJ yeah, Stroud. And, yeah, he shot himself in the foot last week against yeah. Michigan. Yeah. Um, coaching carousel a little bit. Let's talk about uh, you have Lincoln Riley to USC. You have Brian Kelly to LSU. Um, I think that was kind of breaking news when we were on the show last on Monday. And then the most recent news is Marcus Freeman hired at Notre Dame. Got the promotion, was their offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator and a linebackers coach. Um, And apparently they're keeping the same offensive coordinator. He was asked to go to LSU with Brian Kelly and he – declined and stayed there with Marcus Freeman. Yeah, I I guess this was probably one of those things that was like heavily going on behind the scenes before anything happened because I would have 
expected them to take it to the off season instead of moving forward so quickly, like settling everything in. So there's definitely a couple of things I've heard that make me realize that I think most people involved had a little bit of indication beforehand because all these different people are asked to go to these places. So I don't know, but I I wouldn't feel as confident as a Notre Dame fan. I can tell you that. Yeah, it's uh, it seems like everybody else has made kind of a splash hire and they just promoted from within. I'm not saying it can't right. work. He's a you have I think a 29 year old offensive coordinator and then a 35-year-old head coach, you know, against one of the most, you know, they're blue blood in college football. Yeah. Maybe so, they're I mean, that, a new school approach. Yeah, that just seems kind of nuts to me. Uh, a lot of the players and recruits wanted Marcus Freeman to be the um, head guy, and maybe they're just listening to that, you know, keeping that recruiting class intact. You know, it's somebody that they trust already. I don't know. It, it just seems – very weird that Notre Dame, you know, when you have LSU and USC and even Florida making a sitting head coach. Yeah. Their head coach, and then they hire from within. Just seems a little odd, but, uh, hey, risky, but maybe it pays off for them. Yeah. Seems very on par for a team without a conference. Yeah. I mean – I hope Notre Dame gets in the college football playoff just because Brian Kelly left. Yeah. Well, that whole thing was, you know, I don't, I don't know how much you guys covered it because I just remember it broke, but it was basically like they, he sent him a late night, like groomy text or something like that after it broke online and emergency meeting the next morning, which is kind of out to LSU. And last night he already was doing the LSU promo at the basketball game and stuff. So. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. Apparently there. his. His meeting that morning was 11 minutes. Yeah, the video that that came out that I saw on Twitter was only like four, and it was like a very cliche, like, you know, you guys are a strong team and all this stuff that you're just like, I don't know what's going on in that locker room. But Yeah, he's just, a, he's just not a – I just don't like him. He's just not a good person, number one. Killed a kid. Um, yeah. And, I mean – the way that Bush Jones just wants to be him kind of makes me sick. To even think about what a, what kind of person Brian Kelly is if Bush Jones wants to be you. Yeah. So, yeah, I just I, – I hope Notre Dame gets in just because Brian Kelly bolted for LSU and they're going to finally get in the college football playoff. Yeah, Brian Kelly gives me, like, generic Bill Belichick vibes. Like, I just – like, it just like gets, food, like – Food club brand. Bill yeah, Belichick. yeah. <laughs> I guess just that kind of like quiet, stern, kind of like mysterious kind of guy. But like, look, he seems like an asshole, like to the basic viewer. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And apparently, Marcus Freeman's done like most of their recruiting and stuff at Notre Dame, so it hasn't even been Brian Kelly. So, do people even like this guy? I mean, I I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, he he's probably going to do well at LSU. I mean, Coach O did. So, uh, I mean, he'll probably do fine, but I hope he fails. It, it's going to be fun to beat the crap out of them in Death Valley next year. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah. Oh, 1,000%. I'm there. I'm there, too. Let's get it. That'll be – yeah, it'll be interesting at least. Change up for us here. All right. You go segments? You got any what's trending? Uh, 
I did have originally. That was kind of what's trending, I guess, too. Yeah. Um, And then I was, was like, just looking into it before he came on, but LeBron was, like, out with COVID stuff, and then apparently now it's – it was a false positive, but there's like all these crazy rumors swirling around that it was some Odell Beckham stuff where it was like, oh, well, was it really a false positive? Is this new test fake? Whatever. But I don't know. LeBron's is LeBron dirty. Is he, is he working his way around? He might. Good for him. Be dirty. Um, I do know a lot of people have gotten a booster and – like, my boss got it, and he's been sick for, like, days. Really? So it's not like the typical vaccine, like, knocks you out for 24 hours. Yeah. yeah. No, he's been kind of out was, for but... two days, so I'm not I'm not sure. Um, I don't know enough about it, and, and I'm not getting into politics. Or if you want to get vaccinated, go get vaccinated. If you don't, you don't. I will. Yeah. Um, what's trending? Did you see – Drake at the game, the at the NBA game the other night. I think it was the Suns, maybe. It was somebody. Was he but like crazy? they like they like put him on the jumbotron and some old guys sitting next to him, and they're like coming up and shaking his hand, dabbing him up, and the guy was like, "Hey, are you famous?" And then they got this like great photo of them, just like loved oh, up with one another. <laughs> I feel like Drake is just like he like there's parts of like he'll just do whatever he wants at those basketball games. Like he'll get up and like chirp in LeBron's ear, like talk to somebody, like right up, like he'll get like halfway on the court and like talk oh, yeah. to the coach. It's just it's fun to watch. I would love to see one in person. Well, but, he uh, actually took a video he took a picture and posted it on Instagram and it was like these are my parents and it's like the old guy and his wife. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it's like humbling, I bet. It's probably actually a nice little are you famous? Do I know? Like, uh, yeah. I should know. Um, I don't have any more. I kind of went uh, through that. I guess the, um, I just thought about it. Let me, let me get this right. Just cause it seems a little, Ooh, I got one more too. You go ahead and, um, Arkansas Pine Bluffs head coach called a timeout in their game against Iowa State tonight and made them run sprints. I saw that Ult- ultimate coach move right there. Yeah, that's some uh, Coach Carter stuff right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's um. You know what? If you're, I just I didn't see the video though. Like I I saw stuff, but like I don't know how it how it entirely played out. Like was it just like. All right, just hold up on this game. Like, go run some sprints. I don't. I, I don't. I guess. I guess that's what it was. I don't. I don't really know. They got beat by like twenty, so it didn't work. Okay. I was gonna <laughs> say I'm gonna bet Arkansas Pine Bluffs line next time, but I won't. <laughs> um, mine was after that that shooting in uh, Michigan. What that was that one of the students, Tate Meyer, was a football player, and I think he was the one that got up and tried to disarm the shooter. And so now there's a big push to rename the uh, the stadium after him and just, like, recognize him. So I thought that that was oh, obviously gosh. pretty cool and a uh, pretty pretty awesome thing to do, you know. Yeah. Putting your life on the line. 
Yeah. Um, you got any more What's Trending? I don't. I got some stupid stuff. You want to hear some of these? Oh, yeah. So President Tate at LSU says he uh, told Scott Woodard the LSU Tigers need a claw. Um, apparently, Woodward apparently looked at him funny and said, uh, Tate says he means somebody with character, leadership, academics, and winning. And this man went and hired Brian Kelly. <laughs> oh, God. And yeah, they employed Will Wade. Will Wade is <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Now, all that felt really rushed and didn't seem like the best. Also, did you see this? And I can't wait. I saved it, and I can't wait to use it next when year when we beat them in Death Valley. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> we just got the little L handed up. Yep. He's ready. No, I love it. that. But, yeah, I kind of feel that same way. Just I don't really know what was going on there. But, again, you want to make some – it only betters us. So. Yep. Maybe. Hopefully. Hopefully. That might come back to bite me. Don't clip that. <laughs> um. My my stupidity would have to be, which I already covered a little bit, but I can't tell. It's it's always me, but I'm just gonna go with Duke basketball this time and Coach K for. I just there was that moment where they were down three anyway, and you could tell they were gonna lose, but they had a timeout to use coming back down the court, and they just there was like five seconds and they were just bringing it down, and they just didn't call the timeout, and it just felt very like you're at an away game, you got a loud crowd, the odds that you're gonna go down and three seconds left, shut the whole stadium up off a of three, like without calling a timeout that's right there. Just, and of course I'm biased because I have money on it, but it just seemed very stupid. If, no. Yeah. Especially with a bunch of freshmen, don't you just want to like, right. Maybe quiet the crowd as much as you can. I, who knows? That's what I'm saying. Like, and they were loud because they just obviously, you know, that they they made like two threes in a row and did like a block and everything so the place was bumping and then there's whatever yeah it's over um my last one is pro football focus they tweeted um james robinson career rushing 352 attempts zero fumbles four days later this man fumbles has his first fumble in the nfl it's the ultimate jinx god Pro football focus. You can't do that. That's the same as the the Justin Tucker when he didn't miss like a extra point in like four years or something and shanked one. Like you just, yeah. If someone's hot, you don't touch on it. Let it be. It's not even like a really necessary stat. Like oh, this many snaps, no fumbles. Like I could have gone without knowing that. You knew you were doing that. So just putting bad vibes on him. Bad, bad stuff. That's all I got for stupidity. You got any more? No. That's all I got. Awesome. Hey, man, it's been fun. Yeah. It's been fun getting back at it. You're back home from the holidays. Did you have a good holiday? Yeah. Um, obviously, I spent most of it with the flu, which was not ideal. Um, so I was basically bedridden. You're back and better than ever, right? Yep. That's all that matters. Did you lose any weight? Um. Yeah. I basically didn't eat for, like, two days straight. I just, like, literally, like – and I tried, and it was just – I, like, wanted to throw up every single thing that I ate. So it was – I was gross. I was bad. So, um, but I'm good now. I still got a lingering cough, but other than that, good Thanksgiving. How about you? Yeah, pretty good. Um, we don't really travel. We just go to my parents' house, and they live like 
not even 10 minutes away from us. So it's nice to just kind of not have to travel because we've done that before and it's yeah miserable. So, but yeah, it was good. Real good. Um, I gained weight. You lost weight. I gained weight. That's what you're supposed to that <laughs> On normal conditions, that's what you're supposed to do on Thanksgiving, though. You should gain weight. Yeah. Um, Man, who's cooking? Yeah. No, a lot of good food, for sure. Um, I just finished the last of the leftovers a couple days ago, which they might have been old, but it's all good. Thanksgiving potatoes are prime. Oh, yeah. 100%. Like, I, I was telling my dad, like, we should just skip the normal meal and just, like, make it the day before and just, like, on actual Thanksgiving Day, just eat leftovers because, like, the cold turkey sandwiches. Don't get me started. Oh, yeah. That's where it's at. Cold turkey. My man Joe's yep. loving some cold turkey. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, man. Well, guys, we appreciate y'all listening in. Um, we will be back Sunday talking about, I'm sure, more recruiting news. We'll talk about um, Tennessee's, hopefully, their win over Colorado on Saturday. Um, so got a lot to cover. Keep following us on Twitter. Follow our personal accounts as well. We're bringing the boat in, and we out. <laughs>